Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. This is episode 18 and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now imagine for a moment that you've been asked to give a presentation to a group of, let's say, 150 people that are your peers and your ideal clients. Now do you A, think, fantastic, cannot wait to inspire and empower them? Or B, you want to curl up in a heap because you just don't like speaking in public. Well, you're in for a treat with today's show. Joining me on today's show is Paula Smith. Paula is a little bit obsessed, she says, about quality training and presenting. In fact, she has been helping experts, entrepreneurs and organizations to grow their business and their brands by harnessing the power of speaking for the past 30 years. She loves the results that she gets working closely with her clients and she gets as addicted to you reaching your goals as you do. And Paula is an expert in presentation intelligence and neuropresenting, a professional speaker, author, master trainer, and business coach. Paula is also a CSP, which is globally certified speaking professional, which I believe is a a really good designation to have. Now on today's show, Paula is going to share how you too can use speaking to grow your business and your brand, key presenting principles, which are directly from the pages of her book, or her second book actually, Powerful Presenting Principles, as well as finding your own authentic presenting style. So welcome to the show, Paula. Hello, Anne-Marie. How are you today? I'm really great, thank you. And I can't wait to hear you share your insights. So many women, unfortunately, don't put their hands up to speak to groups of people because it really, it scares them. It's something that they're very fearful of. But as you say, it's such a great way to build your brand and build your business, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's just about being visible as well. There's so many women out there who have so much to share Uh, But the main problem is they lack the confidence to just say yes and to stand up and uh, deliver their message. And even when they do have the confidence to say yes, and then sometimes they lack the skills Mm -hmm. to be able to stand there and effectively get their message across to their audience. Yeah. And so um, when we're talking about speaking to grow your business and your brand, what are some of the things that you've seen, obviously, in the clients and success stories that you've generated? Why I ask you to share that is sometimes when we recognize that everybody who is standing on stage at one time or another probably feared speaking in public as well. So when we hear about the journey they've gone through and the kind of results that they're now getting can often be the impetus required for us to go, you know what, if she can do it, I can do it too. Now, using speaking as a marketing strategy Mm -hmm. uh, is 
really powerful way of being able to talk about your products and services. Uh, so that's sort of that's that's one section we can talk about today. But of course, and the other part is okay. Once I have said yes to getting in front of my ideal client or getting in front of an, an audience to share my expertise, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm nervous, how can I look at those nerves in a positive manner? Or how can I turn those nerves into some positive energy so um, I t- can take control of my uh, presenting and I can take control of the situation and just feel really good about presenting rather than thinking of presenting uh, or speaking in front of a crowd in a negative manner. Mm. So there's two things that we can delve into today, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Let's have a look. mistakes to avoid. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's one of the things I was going to say, Paula. Maybe when we're having a look at how to use speaking to build our brand and also build brand awareness around our products and services, what are some of the things that we need to be mindful of that we could be doing, which is really tarnishing our brand? Some of the mistakes that you see people make. If we're going to be talking about presenting as a sales strategy, mm-hmm. I always say that speaking is one of the most powerful ways to grow the business in their brand because where you are standing in front of a room full of people, it is it takes like one touch point, just one touch point to start building trust and to start building relationships with those people in front of you. Where a lot of traditional marketing strategies, they they say that you can spend up to 15 or 20 touch points trying to build that trust. Mm -hmm. But once you're in front of somebody face-to-face and they're getting to know you and uh, and you're really interested in them, uh, they can see who you are, you're sharing so uh, honestly and openly, uh, it's just that one touch point and it builds trust so quickly. And, and speaking is, it's powerful because you have that opportunity to build that trust and to build those relationships quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And people like to do business with people that they like and people yes. that they trust. And so speaking is really powerful in that sense. Mm-hmm. Do you see people when they're looking at um, doing that and speaking and sharing a little bit more information about their products and their services, what are some things that you think we really need to, to change that because that is not building that know, like and trust that you're talking about? Anything that comes to mind? Yeah, so you're talking about the mistakes mm-hmm. that sometimes people make. So they're standing in front of their ideal client. I think if you go there with the intention of selling to them, mm. people we're quite sophisticated audiences now and so I think when you're standing up there and your sole purpose is to sell rather than to give and rather than to share people can see through that so if you're using speaking as a marketing strategy to grow your business start to think of it more as I want to use speaking as an opportunity to stand in front of uh, the clients or the people that I really have a genuine interest in helping and when you're standing in front of that group and you are genuinely sharing and giving value rather than thinking about selling to them that people can see that you're there for the right reasons Uh, and then you don't have to sell at all you're just sharing Uh, people are getting a taste for who you are and what you can do it gives you an opportunity to showcase some of your expertise and the right people will want to then do business with you and the ones that that don't gel with you or the ones that you they don't think you can help or you can't actually help will move on um, and and perhaps they'll refer you to some of the people that they do know. So I think it's just really about Mm. standing there in your authentic space and sharing and giving as much value as you can give and the right people will want to do business with you as well. And that's all about building relationships too. Mm -hmm. It's not about taking, it's just always about giving and being generous. I think that um, when people hear you say that, there's a huge 
sigh of relief because so often especially women we don't want to sound that we are salesy that we are going, trying to push our products or services on people so the fact that you're saying you know provide real value make a difference in the lives of people as you're sharing your information and that in itself is certainly going to, to validate that you know what you're talking about as well as continue to, to build that know like and trust are there any other factors that we need to consider when we're going to be using speaking in front of a group of people to our ideal clients as a way to really build that brand awareness, like a, a marketing strategy. Look, don't get me wrong, there still is a sales aspect of it mm -hmm. and there's a certain way of constructing a sales presentation which is very different to a presentation that you might be giving to a whole group of employees waiting to be inspired and, uh, you know, very specific behavioural change that you're looking at doing. Mm -hmm. So it still has to be structured in a way that um, there is an offer somewhere in that sales presentation. So, um, but it's doing it in an authentic manner. So um, it's not like I'm just going to stand up and share my story and hope everyone will do business with me because mm -hmm. I'm lovely and I've got all this stuff that I, I have to offer. Um, it's still about sharing authentically but also um, having a structure in a sales presentation so you know when when to speak to your audience about what's coming up in your life or, or the offers that you've got to do for them. Mm -hmm. um, so instead of, I guess, saying sales, if you don't like the sales word, it's, you know, it's being of service. So I'm, I'm up here to share my expertise and what I can do for you to be of service to you. Mm -hmm. But this is how you can do business with me. Yes. So you still have to have that sales in mind, but in an authentic way that's not icky and salesy or pushy. Mm. And when you say authentic, let's break that down a little bit. The reason why is sometimes people misunderstand that and they try and put on a front and it feels feels icky to them because they're trying to be someone that they're not. So when you say be authentic, what do, what how can you support us in being very authentic as we're we're standing up to to share more about what we do and how we can help people? Yeah, it's one of those buzzwords around at the minute, isn't it? That people stand up there and go, I'm authentic. Yeah. <laughs> if you had to stand there and say, I'm authentic, <laughs> you perhaps you're not. Yes. <laughs> I think it's just being a little bit congruent and just being you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember I made my husband sit in a training course with me one day and, uh, and this lasted for days and the whole purpose was, am I real? <laughs> Is this what I'm really like at home? Or, you know, Because he used to always accuse me of having a telephone voice or a presenting voice. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it, was, it was quite enlightening because he, you know, at the end of it, of course, he said, yes, that was cer certainly you, you know, joking and, mm. um, you know, and giving and, and just having some fun with my audience. And uh, that's probably many years of, of training experience as well. Yeah. But I think it's honesty, authentic, being authentic is just honesty. Yes. It, um, one of the things that I sometimes say in my in my um, workshop is, oh, look, I have no secrets. Ask me anything you like. And if you don't feel comfortable asking in front of the crowd, feel free to send me an email, talk to me afterwards. Um, I just want to be honest. Mm -hmm. and, and I think your audience can tell when you're being honest. Yes. So it's telling stories that come from the heart. Um, it's sharing things that you've done wrong as well as things that you've done right. And, uh, and it's just connecting with the right audience. And, and that's the key as well. It's got to be the right audience in front of you. Yeah. It's so important to, to allow the best of us to, to, to shine through because how often when we're trying to be someone we're not or we think we need to be professional, whereas we do have a bit of sense of humour, if that's uniquely who we are and we use that as far, as far as, you know, working with our clients to really shift our clients through, we want that to shine through in how we present. 
more information about what it is that that we can do so give out give yourself permission to just be you ladies you know shine through let, let i call that your inner brilliance let that shine through and you know you create an experience don't you paula when you do allow yourself authentically to shine through and that experience is often what can be the difference between people going i want to work with you how can i do that in, in comparison to say other people who might be offering similar services uh, to you let's talk about some aspects of your second book called Powerful Presenting Principles. What are some key principles around presenting that can really support us in dynamically presenting in 2018? Well, there's 52 of them in the book. There but you we've go. only got about 50 <laughs> minutes left. So, <laughs> but just before I go into that, you said something, uh, you used the word experience mm-hmm. uh, a moment ago. Uh, and I think that's exactly what a powerful presenter does. They give an audience an experience because information is cheap now. We can Google anything. Mm. So people aren't craving uh, information anymore. They're they're craving an experience. And a powerful presenter doesn't just deliver an experience, but they also deliver behavioural change through that experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, I'm so glad you used that word because it's one of my favourite words, even in a training uh, session it's not about training it's not about information it's a learning experience mm-hmm. uh, when people are fully immersed in that experience they're much more likely to have behavioral change as a result of that yeah great yeah. back to some of those principles let's start with an opening of a presentation so one of the principles in my in my book is is always start with the end in mind mm-hmm. but open with in such a way that isn't boring there's a law that's called the primacy and recency effect or the law of primacy and recency which says that your audience will remember the first things you say and the last things you say and so many times a presenter or even a trainer will stand in front of an audience and say you know good morning everyone hi my name's Paula welcome to presentation skills Uh, it's nothing exciting it doesn't excite curiosity Mm. and you're giving them exactly what they expect And it just doesn't embed in the brain. There's nothing exciting in there for the audience and they're not prepared to learn. They're not excited about learning. Mm -hmm. But your opening has to be crafted in such a way that incites curiosity, gets attention and starts to frame your presentation for what's to come next. So spend a lot of time crafting your opening. It's just so important. Uh, and of course, the closing, another principle, of course, is uh, leave them with something uh, to remember. We can sometimes call that a star moment and Mm -hmm. the star moment is something they'll always remember. So when they do leave that presentation, they go away and they can remember it and they can also repeat it to other people. Yes. And uh, and then the middle parts are all your your best examples and your best stories and, and some data. And, uh, and that learning experience, but always give them something that they're going to remember so they can repeat it. And when they do go back to their busy lives, that they will change their behaviour as a result of your words and your presentation. Mm. Can you give us an example perhaps of how to start off a presentation? Maybe there's one one that you really know that shines, that stands out, that a lot of the clients or the people that have read your books, that is just so powerful. Because sometimes, you know, for people that that this is just the first time they've heard this principle, think, I don't know, how do I start? Normally it is, hello, how are you? Or something like that. 
Sure, look, there's thousands of ways to start a presentation mm -hmm. uh, and it always depends on who your audience is, what is the topic, who you are. Mm. If you're a natural storyteller and your presentation uh, is something that warrants that story, then start with a story. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to be a long story. Even a 30-second story can be a real powerful way to open a presentation. Mm -hmm. So stories are fantastic. Questions are great, but only rhetorical questions. You need to be in control of your opening. So sometimes pre uh, presenters will ask the audience a question and then the audience will start answering the, the oh, question. Yes. And you have no control of what your audience will say. So if you want your audience to remember your opening, the last thing you want is an audience member saying, hey, where's the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Or, you know, or even challenging as something that you've just say, said. So a rhetorical question is fantastic. Mm. Um, statistics, startling statistics are another way of, of starting a, a presentation. Um, and it doesn't even have to be words. It can sometimes be a video. You may not be the opening of your presentation mm. it might be a video it might be an image it might even be an action i don't know if you remember years and years ago there was a, a little bit of a um a fad out there about planking do you remember oh, the yes <laughs> one of my presenters was talking at a safety conference and she started on a on a big stage there's hundreds of people in the audience and she started laying down on the stage in a plank <laughs> And, uh, and everybody in the audience stood up because they couldn't see her. They stood up and they, they were so curious about what she was doing. Mm. And, of course, then she turned around and she still sat on the floor and started her presentation for the first couple of minutes before she stood up. Wow. Uh, and that's just one example of just doing something just that little bit different. Yes. But you've always got to make sure that you don't be different for the sake of being different. Yeah, it that has to relate. Make it relevant, absolutely yeah. relevant to your presentation. Well, that um, client of yours doing that, I mean, that is so relevant and I'm sure people went, went away and still talk about it. Remember that speaker and how she did that plank and then that really connects to some of the key things that she would have shared about safety. Um, what a great way to, to open. And while we're talking about it, what about a one one tip on how we close? Because that, again, if you've given a fantastic opening, everyone lo loves the content, how you close. You don't just want to want thank you very much and then walk off the stage, which is typically what we would think of doing. Now, never close with Q&A, questions and answers. Mm -hmm. so Again, for the same reasons as the opening, you can't control whether your audience will ask. You can't right. control uh, like all of the conversation. So embed the Q&A into your presentation, but always make sure that you have the last say, which is your key message at the end of the presentation. Right. Yeah. So, and that might be asking them to do something, so to take action. And, uh, and a great way is to loop it to your opening. Mm. So if, if we're talking about the lady who was planking, you know, perhaps she may end up in the same position as she started or she might show something uh, like an image or a video um, that has somebody planking and some of the implications that that happened at the mm -hmm. end. But so the looping is a really powerful way for people to remember your opening and your closing, especially if it's the one 
clear key message. Yes, yes, I love that. And then, of course, if you uh, take, you close it back to your opening, and then there is still a little bit of compelling, like if you want to know some more principles, and then that call to action has come to the back of room or whatever it is, you leave that opportunity where they are compelled, I need to find out more because that was brilliant. We want to have what or the results that she was or he was talking about so um love that are there any principles like what would be I mean, you would probably have many but what would be one of your favorites that you'll often share apart from everything that you've already talked about as well that it, you really can notice that when a speaker uses this principle in their speaking they really create an incredible experience that leaves an impression with visit you know the audience long after the presentation has been completed it's called have a conversation mm -hmm. an audience doesn't always appreciate a word perfect speech it's a conversation have a conversation with your audience and I don't mean any conversation it's got to be a relevant conversation uh, and sometimes a controlled conversation but you want to make the audience feel like it's the very first time you've had this conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Every single audience that you have is different. So uh, you want to be a little bit flexible. You've got key messages and you've got a structure. So this is not about lack of preparation. So I always like rehearse my openings and my signature stories. But it, it's about knowing your stuff so well that when you're on that platform and somebody asks a question and you know it's so relevant to that audience that you have, you're giving yourself permission to go away from your so-called script and uh, be of service to that audience and go sometimes where your audience wants you to take them. Um, so it's about having that congruent or authentic audio, um, conversation with that particular audience. Oh, I love that. I love that. Because as you say, the people in the audience, they, and, and this is going to segue beautifully into the last point about finding our authentic presenting style. When people really feel that how you're presenting they, that you understand them and the conversation brings relevant information that really is helpful for them. They are going to remember you well after the presentation and the know, like and trust that you build will be so much deeper because they really get that sense that you understand them, their struggles and you have what it is that they need to, to help um, overcome that. Let's talk about your own authentic presenting style because this is going to make an incredible difference in how you create an experience too, isn't it? There is no one else out there who is just like you. So yeah. it is about owning yourself and your style and giving yourself permission as well to be the presenter that you want to be not by watching other presenters, which doesn't mean that you can't look at a presenter and go, oh, wow, they're amazing, and I love the way they engage the audience with that activity. Can mm -hmm. I use activities too? So we're always learning. Mm. Um, I love to go to speaking conferences you know, all over the world, and, and I just love awesome, powerful presenters. I still learn. Even after 30 years, you're always learning. Um, but I never want to stand up on that stage and go, you know, uh, Mr. Jones did this and I'm going to give that a go. Yeah. Um, I still want to have my own take on it. I want to be really comfortable. When I'm being me, it's so easy. If I'm trying to be somebody else, not so easy. <laughs> so um, it's just about being really okay that you're not uh, a gregarious, outgoing presenter. 
you might be quite introverted and softly spoken and, and that's great. Uh, you might not want to move around the stage like some of the presenters do. You might want to stand in one place and just move with purpose. Um, you might be, on the other hand, you know, totally out there and dancing around the stage <laughs> and, you know, being a little bit out there is your style. Um, and once people know who you are and know your brand and your presenting style, that's what they expect when they book you. Mm -hmm. uh, and even what you wear. So if you're not a suit type, don't put on a suit. Um, but also don't be upset if somebody doesn't book you because you don't wear a suit. You know, so you have to own that brand as well, yeah. the good and, and the bad parts. But if you're always wearing a suit and somebody books you and then you rock up one day in jeans and a polo shirt, um, sometimes the people who book you will feel a little bit deceived. That's not what we booked. So make sure that whatever brand that you choose and your authentic style that you choose, you know, you, you stay there. You can mm -hmm. develop it. But you know, just be comfortable, have fun up there and just be you. Yes. If someone hasn't really um, gotten to the point where they can clarify what is really my authentic presenting style, I mean, I think this really goes back to what we were talking about before, about that authenticity, just show up, be you. There are various elements, aren't there, that if we understand, and, and often we will be using that when we're approaching, when we approach people, when we speak to people, maybe smaller groups. So sometimes it's what's the feedback that you've gotten that people really appreciate about you. Have you found that to be true too, that for, for people that are, have no idea what's my authentic presenting style, is sometimes it's in the comments that people say to you that they love the way that you make them feel so special or calm or whatever it might be then that's the way that you approach or, or at least with intention bring to how you speak too, yes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you must listen to feedback, but it's always your choice to take that feedback and don't oh, always yeah. don't always change for every bit of feedback. You know, we're human. We have a hundred people saying we're awesome and then one person says that you were a little bit less than awesome mm -hmm. and we tend to look at that one little you're not so awesome part and then want to change our whole presentation instead of looking for that gold. Yeah. Every presenter has gold within them and it is about almost mining for that gold. Um, and, um, and that's why sometimes a presentation skill coaching is valuable because they can see your gold. Um, but it's also after a presentation, when you leave that stage and you feel like, I just loved that. Yes. I was in flow. I just felt that I was really being of service, you know, to my clients. And when you come off feeling energised, that's, that's you. That's who you are. When you leave a platform and, and you feel, I don't think that went well, I felt a bit awkward, uh, you weren't in flow, um, perhaps that's not your authentic self mm -hmm. uh, giving to an audience. Um, so listen to your own gut feelings about your presentation style as well um, and how comfortable that you're feeling when you're standing in front of that audience. And look, not everybody likes standing up and talking to a thousand people. So some people go like my present uh, presentation style or the one thing I love to do is to facilitate, uh, facilitate or help small groups of 10. That's mm. who I am as a presenter. Mm -hmm. And others go, I don't love the small groups. I want to be on stage in front of a thousand people. That's when I come alive. That's when I get the energy from the audience. So listen to yourself and, mm. and even the size of an audience and the type of audience that you have will dictate who you are as an authentic presenter. 
Yes, love, love all of those uh, tips. And Paula, we know that it's so important to really be able to understand with clarity who we are, our authentic selves, our authentic presentation styles, so that when we do have an opportunity to speak in front of a smaller group or even a larger group on stage, that we really make the best impression and that we create an experience that's uniquely us so that people can really get to know, like and trust us and then approach us later and how can we work with you. How can they find out more about the services that you provide and how you can support them in achieving that? Well, I have two loves in my business and my two loves have been there for all of my 30 years in business <laughs> is one is I absolutely love to develop people mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's in every aspect of communication. I specialise in presentation intelligence. That's my thing and my degree was in adult learning. So it's not just about the powerful presenting. It's absolutely ensuring that people learn and mm -hmm. make behavioural change. Um, so that's my one love. And my other love is developing a small business because as a small business owner, I know that all the help and support and the mentoring and coaching we can get as small business owners uh, will only serve us well. So when I have an opportunity to bring those two things together, that's when I, that's mm -hmm. when magic happens for me. So I love to speak to uh, entrepreneurs, um, which doesn't mean I don't have many, many corporate clients and secret CEOs who need help with their <laughs> presenting as well. But everything I do is on my website. And, uh, and if in doubt, if something that I've said uh, resonates with you today or you need help in any presenting or anything to do with uh, the business of speaking or training, just pick up the phone, give me a call. We can have a chat. There's absolutely no obligation. Send me an email. Um, I always say I will always return an email within 24 hours or a phone call. Oh, fabulous. Well, thank you so very much for coming on the show today, Paula. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. The insights, I think, are just so important as we continue to market our business, grow our visibility, and, of course, uh, grow our brand and, and our business. So I'm sure everyone's taken away so much information that they can apply to their business and of course reach out to Paula find out how she can support you so that uh, you really can step onto that stage feeling comfortable feeling confident so that you really can empower your audience thanks so much again for coming on the show you are very welcome and if I can just add the magic word yes. as I leave is yes next time somebody asks you to present please say yes Think of speaking as an opportunity to be in front of the people that you wish to serve. Fantastic. Thanks, Paula.